Hi, this is Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large for MMNM, and welcome to the MMNM Podcast for the week of August 9, 2021. Last year was a challenging one as far as drug launches go. Pharma's two main customers, doctors and patients, were under an extraordinary amount of stress, with many clinicians more likely to fall back on familiar products and to try new ones, and patients unable to get to the doctor for long stretches. As vaccination rates ticked up in the spring and the medical system got going again, some of those access issues eased up a bit. But just how much easier is it to launch a drug in this not-quite-post-pandemic pharma landscape? Here to talk about that challenge is Amy Welsh, VP of Marketing for the biotech Agile Therapeutics. Amy's marketing efforts are in the spotlight as her company focuses on raising access to and awareness of Twirla, a dual hormone birth control patch that was approved in February 2020 and became available last December. Hey, Amy, and welcome to the MMNN podcast. Hey, Mark. Thanks. I'm excited about uh, chatting with you today. Absolutely. I am as well. And uh, we'll get back to the interview with Amy in a moment. First, some housekeeping items, as we usually do. Be sure to check out the shortlist for the MMNM Awards, which went live Thursday, July 7. You can peruse all the finalists in the various marketing, media, and agency categories at mmm-online.com. And the debut of the shortlist means the awards ceremony is right around the corner. Join us virtually or in person on October 7. The choice is yours, and you can register for that at mmm-awards.com. And join us in person on Thursday, September 23rd for MMNM DEI Deciphered an MMNM summit convening a range of stakeholders in a unique roundtable format to explore how industry can affect progress in areas from hiring and retention to creative and executive pay. Register at mmm-deideciphered, all one word, dot com. Okay, back to the interview with Amy. So Amy, you know, you're a biopharma marketing veteran. So before we get into the marketing challenge that uh, you had with Torla, tell us about your professional climb and, and what you consider to be the most significant steps along your journey. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, I can I consider myself lucky to say that I've been in pharmaceutical marketing and sales roles for over 25 years now. My career began actually on the digital marketing side, which is probably why I've always kept a strong belief and passion in digital marketing. And I went from large pharma to small pharma along the way in my journey, actually creating an unplanned niche for myself in product launches. At this point in my journey, joining Agile over a year ago to launch Trolla really was personal to me. Agile is a really special company, I think, with a big future in front of them. And Trolla is a product whose story really needs to be told to women. I think what I'm most excited about it is today's women are fierce and courageous and incredibly smart. And what makes me most excited about this part of my journey is um, balancing the respect I have for, for today's women and, and trying to find a way to educate them in a non-pharma way, in a way that's meaningful and relevant uh, and important as we try to help them find other birth control options. Sure. And, and as we said, you know, the challenge for Agile Therapeutics was raising, continues to be, you know, raising access to and awareness of, of Torla during a year shaped by the pandemic. And the birth control market in general is, is quite a crowded one. You know, besides pills, you've got hormonal vaginal rings, patches, injections, and intrauterine devices, not to mention the OTC methods. Can you talk about that challenge of breaking through in such a crowded space and doing so during uh, this extraordinary time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, you know, and I've said this before, I actually think the pandemic made us pharmaceutical market- marketers um, better for, especially for patients. I mean, we, we used to be reticent to do things like social media and, 
and 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 different channels that that are pharmaceutical products with all the baggage they come with fair balance and whatnot. We were we were nervous to go there, but the pandemic made us realize that our patients are there, and the only way to connect with them authentically is to meet them where they are today. So. You know, I certainly wouldn't ask for another pandemic, but I do think it made all of us, you know, as you said, vets in marketing realize that we need to be in relevant spots where our patients, our HCPs are and get there fast. I think one of the biggest challenges in the CHC market is, you know, our patients are very similar. So all of us are talking to the same women, right? Um, but our commitment, and I, and I already said it, right, is at this point, especially in my career, is I didn't want to do another typical product push pharmaceutical product launch, right? This time I just wanted to listen, right? And we spent many, many years sort of going through data and just listening, listening to women and, and understanding, you know, where she felt she had comp to compromise in her birth control journey. And, um, and, and we wanted to start first with education. You know, we, we launched with an unbranded campaign with no agenda, no agenda other than to help her realize that there's 15 or more options out there. Um, and, and, you know, it, it behooved me to even do that first because I don't even think a lot of young women know a patch exists, let alone for me to sort of drive my personal patch agenda. So we started off for many months really just focusing on teaching and sitting aside and then watching what they talked about and watching what they said and, and learning through that community that came from this. Um, it was called the I'm So Done campaign at that time. And so that really helped us hone in on not just who our patient could be, but but who they were as a person and what their lifestyle looked like and whatnot. And we entered the marketing for our branded product, Torla. Starting with the unbranded journey made us smarter. And with the branded campaign, now we strive to try to continue that authentic conversation or, or perhaps if I can't be a part of her authentic conversation, can I at least be part of her journey when she's having that conversation? So really what we're trying to do is have a very focused, put a very focused budget against where she is in that meaning for journey, rather than being everywhere, be very specific and be, be in those moments of meaning for her, either because she's thinking about going on a contraceptive or she's thinking about making a change. Right. So you started last year with the national unbranded campaign, I'm So Done, which was kind of a nod to millennial women. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, the, the focus was on you know, communicating to them in an authentic, quote unquote, voice. Uh, and it had a, a heavy social media component, you know, the, the, the So Done Club on Facebook and Instagram, where yeah. you encourage women to, to vent their frustrations, as it were, with, with birth control. What kind of engagement did you get there? You know, the I'm So Done campaign with its small investment, Mark, truly surprised me with this reach and the community it built in just a few months. Um, we had very, very good engagement. And perhaps, you know, you can say, oh, it's because you launched it during a pandemic where women who are, who are so busy, their lives, they had some time to pause and go online and, 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 and educate themselves. But, but uh, I like to think that our engagement was also very, very high because we presented content that was without judgment or biased. Right. And I think that that's one of the things that we as pharmaceutical marketers need to just sort of do more of because that's what our consumers and, and our women, especially in this market, our women, these are young, smart, tech-savvy women. So I think that that's what they saw. Um, and I think that that's why they responded and built such a nice community around this discussion of birth control and sharing things that, 
you know, maybe at my age, I, I can imagine sharing, but I love that their honesty and their courageousness. And, and yeah, our engagement was very high for the spend that we have. We're, we're really proud of that effort. We continue to be very proud of the I'm So Done campaign. Mm-hmm. Would you say you were able to spark a, a social community of, of like-minded women there? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And we did that in fun ways. We had an end of the year giveaway, you know, of uh, fear of missing out or, you know, or, or the joy of missing out sort of as you headed into 2021. And we gave away a scrunchie and a mask. And we really try to, again, break the pharma marketing mold and just hear what's important to these women and be a part of their lives, again, in a not product push kind of way. So that, you know, once we started the conversation on Trolla, you know, maybe we would have built some equity and trust with those same women. Sure. So this year you decided to dial up your digital marketing with branded advertising. And this involved a pharma first, as it were, the first birth control campaign to use Tinder, the dating app, and the first pharma campaign to advertise there. You know, can you talk about the strategic insight that led to this marketing strategy? I think coming out of a pandemic, right? Connections are more important now than ever, right? And dating apps are huge and they have become a big way to fill that social void. And really when we thought about our patients, right? Our millennials and our Gen Zs, you know, we saw some data and I'm, I'm trying to see what's in front of me, Mark here. 50% of our Gen Zs within a year had signed up on a dating app and almost 40% of the millennials have. And when we saw that and we thought women are there, and this is a, a place that, that is important to them in their life, right? We knew that that was a place that we wanted to be able to be there to support her, you know, if she's, if she's going out there. And, you know, our, our approach was to move forward with apps that skewed towards the younger demographic. And we were able to, and we're lucky enough to partner with really uh, some of the leading dating apps. Um, and we were surprised. I mean, on average, we learned that, you know, these women spend almost a month, if you think about the year annually on dating apps alone, um, even more than, than their time on Twitter or Snapchat combined. So, you know, strategically promoting on dating apps allowed Torla to tap into what I would call an inflection point when women are proactively looking for relationships. So if we could be there and alert them to an innovative birth control option like Trolla, that could work for them. A patch that's a low dose, flexible, non-invasive. You don't have to set an alarm clock daily to take it the same time every day to work. You know, that felt important that we could be a part of their journey from a lifestyle perspective and maybe showing them that there could be an option for them from a birth control. It was about understanding our our customers, knowing that this is an important tool today. Dating apps are here to stay, I think, right? So we try to build a fun campaign that was leveraged with content like Clingy is Hot and and things that we thought could be fun and appealing without, you know, feeling like impersonal, like sometimes pharma advertising could be. How would you say the product is positioned uh, in these channels? So I think right now we're positioned very, very strong, you know, right now being the first and only, but I also think that when others come, I I still think that that is, is good for her. Hopefully it doesn't land as more clutter. If we all are, are helping her understand what the options are, you know, I think that she can move away from feeling like there's only one option out there for me. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I think they were positioned very, very well there, Mark. Mm -hmm. And how did the campaign perform on Tinder? We are by by four times 
exceeding our expectation to the point where we're actually just had a meeting the other day to, to be able to create a bunch of new creative to push out to other dating apps, which was good. I mean, again, we have a very focused spend. You don't see Twirl on TV just yet, right? So when we went into this, we wanted in just strategically with a very focused buy against, uh, we think the, the right women that are involved with dating apps and it has been outstanding, the amount of engagement that has both driven to our website, driven to download a doctor discussion guide, and probably most impressively, especially for a patch, driven to the point on our website to watch a, you know, how to apply video, which shows me she's learning, you know, and she's curious, probably never heard about a patch before, let alone Twirla. So high engagement, and I'm looking for ways to sort of grow and expand. Sure. And I would imagine, and because there's a lot of uh, your fellow marketers listening to this podcast, uh, <laughs> if, if they were to, you know, mention that they want to advertise on a dating app to their MLR colleagues, you know, said oh. colleagues would probably start, you know, having heart palpitations <laughs> profusely. Was it hard to get through MLR? You know, what, what was the reaction from your compliance? Yeah, uh, it's good. I'm laughing. I get other, you can't, you can hear that. You can't see that, but, but it's true. You know, I, if I've learned anything over my many moons of uh, being in pharmaceutical marketing is, is the power of early enrollment for productive alignment. So yes, when I, when I first got all of the insight and we realized that dating apps are meaningful for our patients, our women are there. And so we want to be a part of that. The first meeting I had was with our MLR and compliance team to see. And I think one of the things I've learned as I've matured in my roles is to listen and collaborate, you know, because if you can find an MLR team that can help you solve problems and you make this idea a collaborative one, because we're all doing it for the same reason. We're just trying to help patients understand that there's more options out there. It went better than you thought, Mark. And I think that is because probably because I have very, very collaborative, smart problem solving people on my MLR team and agile, I'm very lucky to have them. But I also think it's because you communicate early. You know, I think when you bring people along at the end, that could cause more of an issue. So I'd say, you know, bring them in early and listen and find your problem solvers to sort of help you. You can get it done if you push. If you can show how it's meaningful to patients, I think that that always is, is important. Sure. That, that's the bottom line, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, in terms of Twirla results on uh, the company's second quarter earnings call, the product did $1.2 million in net product sales revenue for the second quarter. You saw steady upward trends in increasing scripts, refills, and awareness of Twirla. And the challenge now, uh, oh, by the way, there was also all told 855 writers, you know, physicians writing the product yeah, uh, yeah, as, as of the end of the first quarter. And then that grew to 2087 at the end of the second quarter. So, so the challenge now is to keep that momentum going. So uh, how are you expanding the digital presence into the second half of the year? Thank you for that. You, uh, you've done your homework. One of the things that's so good for us to see as commercial leadership, when we look at our data on Torilla is that it's a healthy brand. You know, we're not only getting new patients and prescribers will tell us that that's who they're giving us, like the patients that come in and the young patients, because they're worried about the same time everyday pill approach or an evasive method. So that's great. But I think most importantly is we're getting a healthy amount of refills. And that's where we see that we have a product that is landing with meaning with, with both providers and patients. So believe it or not, the first half of the year spend from a digital marketing perspective was pretty lean and, 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 
Um, so really what you could expect to see by the second half is, you know, uh, we're going to try to blow that up. And the third quarter, fourth quarter is a big, big, big spend where I just wanted to, as I said before, we were just listening and watching. And I want to make sure that what we're doing is right. So I, I think the first couple of months taught us that. So now we're going to move into even more meaningful channels like telemedicine uh, partners. We took a lot of time to understand who who's right for Torola, who's right for our patient. And we look forward to sharing a couple of good announcements there. We're looking to get on Spotify. I think that could be another innovative channel for, for pharmaceutical marketing. And we were able to block and tackle, and I, I hope continue to save first place there. That, that should be coming soon. We're going to choose uh, relevant and meaningful influencers and, 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 and just really build up our presence and ensure we are where she is when she's learning and choosing and, and, and making a, a decision. We just want to, again, always be a part of that consideration set. Patches are new to young patients. So there's education and there's patience. But the back half of the year, Mark, I hope you see some exciting things because uh, they're all planned and there's a big push coming out for, for Torla for our, our patients. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if millennials and Gen Z women were the thrust of the campaign earlier on, are there plans to kind of expand the target age group? I'm going to continue to focus right on those because that's where prescribers are putting us. We do have some spend in, in women with uh, young families and, and whatnot. And, and, and I think that Trolla has been a meaningful option for her, especially if she's been on say a patch and she realizes the improvement with adhesion and, and comfort and the, the low estrogen. But for now, I think that we're going to continue to skew on the younger. So I, I call it more of a 75, 25 mix and see what that brings us. And that'll help us uh, properly brand plan as we move into 2022. So we do, we do look at all the women, but I think we're still going to hyper-focus on, on those younger patients. Okay. Now it's not easy to achieve firsts in such a highly regulated industry. <laughs> uh, any advice for uh, your fellow pharma marketers looking to break barriers in digital or influence marketing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, as you asked that, I'm thinking about that. I'm trying to take that seriously. I think I think about me and the mistakes I've made, I talked about a little bit when you were asking about MLR, is really listen. You know, if we can, as marketers and commercial team and, and pharma, pharmaceuticals, really just, is it worth the fight? Is, is what you're trying to get first at important for your customer? Um, and if there's data to prove it, well, then, then, then that's priority one. And then if you can bring your stakeholders around, and it's not marketing trying to do something flashy or or sales trying to have an only message or a best message, you know, if this is really something you're trying to do because it's important to the patient, then I think that that makes alignment better, easier. And then you work and you find, as I said before, you find your, you find your problem solvers, the people that can help connect you with the people that can help you move the mountain that needs to be moved. Right. And, and, you know, no idea is executed by one person. It's, it's always a team. So, you know, bring it to all of the, the internal stakeholders and listen and don't think that you, you know best, you know, work together, collaborate, and make it happen. And that means you might have to make a compromise here or there, but compromises allow you to build insight and data, and then you can do it differently. And along the way, I think sometimes when I was younger, I'd push because I just, I needed to get it out there, but I, I could have listened and I could have waited and I could have done it better. So I just think it's, you know, understand your peers, you're all doing it for the same reason, but the main reason should be your patient. 
that's first. And it's not because you want a good press release for your company or you want this, you know, you want to be able to say something flashy to provider. But if it's truly for the better of the patient, I think that 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 helps alignment um, in a big way. At least it did for some of the stuff that we're going to be first on this year for Torella. Patients first. Sure. And speaking of, of patients first and making it easier for them to access the product, yeah. uh, you, do you have a, or are you planning a telemedicine pharmacy integration? Yeah, that's been something that's critically important for us. And we've been taking our time, Mark, uh, uh, for over the last six months, really trying to figure out it's important. It's here to stay. That's one of the other things I think the pharma marketers had to get smart on during the pandemic. You know, it's there. A lot of the telemedicine providers, um, when it comes to branded products, you know, how do we help them realize that, you know, things that come with PAs and a little bit of burden rather than the ones that really just truly offer generics to the patient, you know, uh, take time for them to build different systems to support. So, you know, I'm very confident that in the next month or more, we're going to be able to share with you and and the rest of uh, the industry, you know, uh, some agreements on telemedicine because it's, it's, it's critical. It's critical for the student that's sitting in a dorm room that maybe just wants to go direct, right? It, it's critical for, for, for many people, especially women in today's uh, CHC patients and their busy lives. So absolutely. Okay. And uh, I usually ask this question, but can you tell us which agencies you're using for the uh, digital campaign? Yeah, yeah. Our digital agency that has done everything that we've talked about today um, is Heartbeat Ideas. I will also say, though, that a lot of the creative that you've seen from Twirla, we call them our Twirla women that are on our website, and we, we put them in, in, in some of our, our creative banner ad units, comes from a company um, right here in Philadelphia called Leveling. Okay, super. It's interesting that uh, despite COVID-19, or perhaps because of it, you've been able to spark these conversations uh, and yeah. um, do your best to make sure that birth control patches uh, are a growth area uh, yeah. in, in the greater yeah. you know, hormonal contraceptive market. I agree. I agree. You know what? It won't be for everybody, but I just want to make sure she knows it exists, right? And she can see what, what Trolla could offer her life from a flexibility perspective, and I think that we're, 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 we're doing it slowly but surely. I think that, you know, it, it starts with just making, making her aware of all of her options. So I think despite the pandemic, we're, we're all doing a great job in pharmaceutical marketing because I think we're all listening a little more and we're all choosing channels that are meaningful and relevant to our customers. It's, it's had some interesting uh, effects on the industry. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thanks again, Amy, for joining us. This was uh, really fantastic. Absolutely, Mark. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Of course. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, please give it a like. It helps others discover the show. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's it for this week's show. This has been Mark Iskowitz. We'll see you next time on the MMN Podcast. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.